0: Lights, camera, action. It's your boy, Day Four, the Connected One. We are here for another episode of, the, of covering the 2022 upfront, new front season. This is where we look back at what the broadcasts, what the digital players, what the apps have done, and how they're going to be looking to attract media buyers and brands to invest in their respective advertising solutions. Today, we have the one, we have the only, Lindsay Talbot, who is the Chief Investment Officer for Group M. Lindsay what is going on
1: hi thank you for having me uh absolute pleasure to uh to be on here so uh so again thanks thanks for having me
0: now you have a big job description and that sounds like you do a lot i'm just gonna guess so give, give me a little breakdown what exactly is your role
1: uh, if I break it down, I oversee investment for all of the Group M clients across all the Group M agencies. So I go to market um, on behalf of, of every client and, uh, and uh, work with all of our partners to get the, uh, the best value and the, the best partnerships that, that work, uh, make sure they're working hard for our clients.
0: Very good. And that I'm sure role at that is certainly changing over the last couple of years, but probably for the entire time. Never a dull moment. There you go. Never a
1: dull moment.
0: So let's talk TV. What are some of your favorite shows from last season?
1: Well, last season we were in lockdown. So let me just preface by saying in this household, you know, any content was good content. Uh, Anything was welcome. Um, and look, there was no shortage of, uh, of, uh, quality programs. And I think it's important to point out that there was a lot of good Canadian programs. Um, that gave a lot of our, our clients and advertisers, great opportunities to, to integrate. So, uh, live sports came back, which was huge. The, the appetite for live sports was, uh, you know, certainly, certainly, uh, large, um, Big Brother Canada, that was, that returned after being literally shut down uh, mid, mid-season because of the, 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 you know, 2020 COVID outbreak. Um, we launched Love Island Quebec uh, here in Canada. So obviously a very uh, popular franchise in the UK and, and the US, and we were able to uh, launch it here um, with Quebec or um, in, in, uh, in Quebec. The Mass Singer in French. They launched their own version of it, and we all know it in in French Canada. Um, when they launch a new show in, in conventional television, the ratings are are still through the roof. Um, Bachelor in Paradise Canada that uh, that that debuted, and also look the the Olympics. Um, there was a great opportunity for a lot of our our brands and clients to uh, to integrate. Um, and, and you know, show their support for Team Canada. So no shortage of opportunities.
0: Sure. So again, we've just finished the upfront season. They uh, announced a number of new shows. Are there any particular shows that you are looking forward to watching?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say there weren't as many new shows as we have seen in years past. And I think what that speaks to is that um, The stability of a lot of the uh, a lot of the schedules. So pre COVID, you would have pilots that would maybe last two three weeks, and and uh, particularly if you know they weren't pulling the ratings in the U S. They would get yanked. Well, nobody has the the uh, bandwidth or production uh, you know uh, wherewithal to to do that right now. So the good news is if you do have a pilot and it gets uh, the green light—they're making a season, most likely. They are making a full yeah. season. So we just the, what we saw was the the broadcasters uh, in the U.S. and then obviously the Canadian broadcasters where they're purchasing a lot of their their content. They didn't have as many holes to fill on their schedule as they have before, uh, right. but a few of them that have been interested that caught my eye. Uh, there's Abbott Elementary, um, mm-hmm. so that's a group of teachers. Brought together, uh, one of the worst public schools in the U.S. and uh, they're they're bonding over, you know, their their love of teaching and wanting to help these kids. So you know, there's there, there's a few uh, well-known actors in in the series, but no humongous stars. So they're you know, it uh, it has potential to grow, or, you know, develop a lot of those characters. Um, Bell Media, CTV, they are launching uh, Battle of the Generations. So it's a quiz show where contestants of different ages compete to see who knows the most. So it's baby boomers versus Gen X, millennials versus Gen Z. So that has the potential uh, to be fun. And if they start to uh, bring some celebrities in, perhaps, you know, uh, have the, the celebrities in their families uh, has potential to, to have some fun with that. Um, I saw that there was a reboot of Court coming, um, right. which I'm not sure if we needed it, but I, I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm here for it. Uh, it'll be interesting because the the only, you know, uh, the only character that's returning from the original show in the 80s is, is Dan Fielding. So if you ever watch that show, Dan Fielding in the 80s and his... Yep. His character and his characteristics do not fly uh, in, in the uh, world of 2022. So uh, we'll have to see how, uh, how his character has evolved without, you know, losing the, the, the funny edge of that, that character.
0: Good point. Yeah. So speaking of actors, you know, in your role, you obviously get to meet a lot of people. I'm sure you have tons of lunches all the time. Um, <laughs> who is an actor that you'd like to break bread with?
1: Brian Cox
0: from oh. Succession. Okay.
1: Uh, hands down, would love to uh would love to sit down with him and just pick his brain. I'm a huge Succession fan, but sure. beyond that, I'm a I'm a huge Brian Cox fan. And uh I think it would just be really interesting to sit down, sort of hear about his experiences how he's developed some of the characters i'm not expecting to sit down with logan roy um but you know there's (laughs) got to be a little bit of logan in him and uh i just yeah huge fan of that show and i would love to get his perspective on uh, a few of the the seasons and a few of the episodes
0: yep so you talk about how um you know this this seat the upcoming season doesn't have a lot of new shows net new shows Um, Are there any trends that you notice coming out of this, this uh, season's upfronts?
1: Yeah, so definitely the the first trend, more stability in the networks, meaning less new shows, Um, a lot of dramas, which is not new, but uh, fewer comedies and a few unscripted. uh, Typically, you know, we, we saw a lot of unscripted programming throughout the pandemic because it's It was a lot easier to shoot, it's very cost effective and it didn't require massive uh, production schedules. So we're seeing less unscripted. I did notice that Love Boat is coming back but it's an unscripted, almost, it it seems to be like a a bachelor type uh, program. So I'm not sure we needed that in our lives but um, I'm not gonna (laughs) lie, I'll watch it. Um, I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, What else do we see? Uh, I think uh, the biggest trend was Cross-platform buying, so you know, making it a lot easier for us to reach the right consumer, regardless of what screen they're watching it on, um, and then you know, really being able to to target um, our our desired audience, making that a lot easier, and then just a focus on, uh, on streaming and and connected TV.
0: Are there any trends that you've noticed over the last couple of years in terms of clients' budgets? Are they getting bigger? Are they getting smaller? Are there certain platforms that you're noticing they're moving towards versus others?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're seeing a huge shift. Uh, I think the, the fastest shift we've seen is to uh, connected TV. We all know uh, just our, from our own uh, viewing habits over the last past two years, how many streaming services we've all uh, adopted and, and, you know and, and what's available. And uh, yeah we're certainly seeing uh, a very rapid shift to connected TV um, and, the, and the targeting capabilities that are that are available with that. Uh, you know creates a whole uh, a whole lot of opportunities for us in terms of uh, what, what we're doing with our overall video strategy. So every every channel that we plan and buy has a you know has a role to play and, and certainly um, depending on our, our client and brand kPIs, um, we, we adjust accordingly, but, you know, the role of linear versus linear television versus, versus the role of connected TV versus online video, they all, you know, they all fit together in a puzzle, but they all, you know, play very different roles and have, uh, you know, and, and fulfill different strategies within their overall uh, media plans.
0: Right. So all this really is about the consumer. And it seems like over the last three years, the amount of change that we've had as, as, a, as a society has been greater has been happening a lot faster than ever before from a from the political landscape the social justice landscape are you noticing anything that is making consumers want something different than they did in the past
1: yeah i think consumers are really demanding that you know they're the, the advertising that they see or the content that they see on their social platforms is, you know, authentic and that, that, you know, we, we pass that sentiment on to our clients. So make sure that what you're doing is authentic in that space. Um, you know, it's pride month and more and more we you read articles and hear about, you know, you, yes, it's very important for our clients to, to show up and, and support during pride month, but they can't disappear for the other 11 months of the year just as an example it's you know all about your authenticity in that space and showing that you truly support a a social cause and that you're there not only when it's you know advantageous to uh to you know to show off your your branding so it's really just about being authentic in the space and 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 knowing when to pivot i mean there was yeah there was a lot of uh a lot of social unrest, obviously, in the last two years, and we saw clients uh, we saw clients react very, very quickly. There was, um, in terms of who were they were supporting in social and and who they were choosing to uh, to not support.
0: Do you think that this will become the new normal now? Then for brands,
1: I think so. I think they, you know, uh, a as their as their ad agencies, we have to be there advising them and, and helping them to to pivot. Very very quickly sometimes to uh, to you know stay ahead of of what's what's uh, what's happening in the world but absolutely I think particularly in the social space where it's easy to um, you know react and 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 act appropriately or or pull out uh, in a in a very quick manner if it, there's something that you know we we should not be supporting uh, the brands don't want to be a part of and uh, yeah I think that's that's going to continue.
0: The um, advertising world or, you know, how advertising is done is constantly changing. Coming out of, you know, a post-pandemic world, are there any big changes or things that you're noticing in terms of how advertising is done?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the shift to connected TV has been so rapid. Uh, even then, the, the, you know, looking at the first quarter versus the second quarter of this year, we've sent, seen such a rapid shift to connect to TV, which is great because we've been educating our clients, um, you know, uh, for the last few years in terms of where we where we should be in this space and where we think their brand should be in the space, um, certainly at a home has made a you know tremendous comeback and then what we're really seeing out of you know beyond traditional static out of home is really all the opportunities in digital out of home and now programmatic digital out of home. So really that that opportunity to get uh, much more granular and much more targeted. Um, and then lastly, for obvious reasons, cinema advertising has come back um mm-hmm. with a vengeance because right. uh a we're finally able to to get back in into the theaters and there's some uh, the the good and the bad news is that a lot of the releases sat on the shelves for two three years depending on what they were and now they're all they're all coming out uh in succession so uh, a lot of opportunity there as well Have
0: you been back to the movie theaters yet yourself? I
1: did. I went and saw the uh the Top Gun sequel last yes. weekend. Yes.
0: There you um, go. I,
1: important to note that I, I went with uh, two friends and we had to we had to go VIP, big reclining seats, bottle yep. of wine, uh, real food. So yeah, it's uh, we we went look for. at you
0: bawling out.
1: Exactly. It's been a long two years in this house. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was time to go all out.
0: Nice. So we we've we've certainly seen a lot more streaming service, streaming providers over the last couple of years. What impact do you feel that's having on the traditional broadcasters?
1: Look, there's no, yeah, there, there's no denying uh, the, the drop in linear TV audiences has, uh, has been, you know, slow and steady over the, the, the past five, even even ten years, but certainly. Um, there are, you know, there's cord cutters and there's cord nevers uh, that we still need to reach uh, through, uh, you know, our, our, our clients still need to reach them. So um, it's more important than ever to have a, a solid, you know, linear and connected TV strategy, understand where that sort of point of diminishing return is with your linear TV campaign, where you're not reaching anyone else. You're just paying for frequency. And then how much more uh, unduplicated reach we can get through connected TV. And more and more we're seeing um more opportunities because we still have limited scope here in canada in terms of our connected tv inventory um right. ad supported inventory but uh, the exciting part is that chorus announced that pluto tv um, they will be representing pluto tv coming here um in the fall so that's that's a whole opens up a whole opportunity brand safe quality broadcast quality uh, inventory in this market and uh, that's really what we're hungry for. that's what, that's what we're after for our clients. So, so it's a good opportunity, of, sorry for yeah, the, for the, no, the broadcasters ahead. who also have their own connected TV offerings. So it's a good opportunity for them to uh, to work with us and so that the dollars that we're seeing leave linear where you know we're actively trying to, to reinvest them with our broadcasters. In the connected
0: space. Speaking of uh, ad-supported, Netflix—they've been the biggest dog in the pound for years. Yeah. All of a sudden now, things are changing. They are not quite there as they as they used to be. Yeah. What impact do you think that uh, Netflix's ad-supported tier will have for the company, but also for the industry?
1: Look for the industry, it's a—it's just more inventory that we, you know, that we can access for our clients. So in terms of industry, it's a good opportunity, but we have to remember that not everyone's going to jump onto an ad supported model, even though Netflix has gone from what, I think it was $8.99 when I I first signed up and now it's $17, $18. Um, Not everyone's going to go to an ad supported model. So um, to assume that all Netflix subscribers will, will suddenly turn over to that model. It's, uh, it's not correct. We'll probably see less than 50%. Probably, if I had to estimate year one, we might see 25 to 30% uh, go to an ad supported model. Um, it really depends on the, the level of, of tolerance. So, look from, but again, more quality inventory that we have never been able to get our hands on before for our clients is still a good news story.
0: So speaking of clients and just brands overall, you know, how do, how should brands prepare for um, upfront season and what's to come next?
1: That's a, that's a good question. And it really does depend um, on the client um, and on the brand. I mean, when we, when we go into TV upfronts, linear TV, the, the pressure on the inventory is higher than ever because audiences have been dropping. We have limited supply in this market. So we go in at upfront time, um, and we're buying feverishly. Our, our buyers are in there trying to buy the most efficient inventory, uh, in the, the best quality inventory at, at the best price. So it takes uh, it takes more spots to to build the same amount of impressions that it did five years ago because the audiences are are lower. So the best advice we have for our clients is to, you know, to approve early so that we can get in and get them the best inventory. That being said, there's also, we flex, there's a trade-off, there's flexibility um, versus getting the most cost-efficient inventory. Um, So we, you know, we, we do um, our due diligence to educate them on what the risks are of laying in um, upfront, what the clauses are, what they can shift, what they could cancel if they needed to, because of, in this world more than ever, it's really hard for and we understand for clients to to commit to upfronts, not knowing what their business model is going to look like, what supply chain issues they're going to encounter. Um, so yeah, flexibility is key, and understanding how you know important that is to them versus. Um, getting that that most efficient inventory and understanding if they wait, um, they might not be able to to get in and, and buy the the TV weight that they want because it just won't be there. We're seeing right. we're seeing linear TV sell out faster than we ever have, but it's for the wrong reasons.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, you've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of brands of all different sizes. What how, how do you define an iconic brand?
1: That's a, that's a good question. It mean, I think an iconic brand means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. To me, um, the brand that, that stands out whenever someone talks about an iconic brand is, is Adidas. They have kept it, you know, they've kept their branding very simple. Uh, it's very versatile. You know it. You see the Adidas logo. You know what it is they have stuck to what they are exceptionally good at which is you know sponsoring uh the sporting sporting events they've always stayed authentic in their space so yes they're a bit of a you know fashion icon as well but they they know what they represent in the sporting world and i think they you know they've they've stayed authentic over the years so right. it's like to me that is a brand that's iconic they've stuck to their guns they they've kept it simple but very you know very versatile very strong messaging um and and they know what they're great at and they 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 stick to that uh they stick to that model and then yeah they do they put money behind the the sporting events that you know that are important to them that they authentically know they belong you know as as the sponsor of
0: we're still in this hybrid work model, um, so yes. therefore, this year's Upfronts, we had four broadcasters who presented, and three of them had online ones, and one had a live one yeah. or in-person one. What do you see as the future for Upfronts?
1: Look, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, the New York Upfronts, they all went forward this year um, in person, I think actually fox fox brought everyone in person and then had a virtual showing which was an odd strategy but uh <laughs> um i uh, it's tough because i know and I attended them all, including the, the Bell Media upfront in person. And it was wonderful to be there. There's an energy that comes when you're in person and, you know, you see the presentations, they brought the stars out on stage, and then you got to mingle with everyone after it. that energy. You can't, you can't create that energy, um, you know, from from home virtually. But right. that being said, the cost to do some of these events is tremendous. So it's a tough one. If I was the one signing off on on some of these upfront bills, I'm not sure I would, uh, I would know what that answer is. But I will say, yeah, the the energy at the at the bell upfront was uh, bar none. But also, we've been locked up for two years and hadn't seen one another. So perhaps that had something to do with it. But yeah, it, it definitely made a difference just in terms of of uh, engaging with the content, you're in a theater, you're watching it live versus you know, the other upfronts. They were great, they were well produced, but uh, you're you're at home or you're in your office, you're watching it, and you're probably doing five other things while it's happening. So it's it's a tough one. I'd like to see them continue in person, but I also understand the the cost to to uh, to have these events is astronomical. Right.
0: Okay. Well, there you have it, boys and girls, the one and only Lindsay Talbot. Appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you so much. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. Great way to uh, end the week.
0: Excellent. Talk to you Thanks very, so very soon. All right. Okay.